Hi, I'm Daniel Bowles. I'm Product Owner User Experiences Services at the Swiss Federal Railways, and I'm the seeker. Hi, I'm John Fukuda. I'm a partner at Limina doing UX management consulting, and I'm the giver. It's time for another episode of 24 Minutes of UX. If you're new to the program, we're happy to welcome you to this grassroots, community-driven podcast series about user experience, featuring conversations between UX professionals from across the globe. The idea is simple. We connect seekers of UX wisdom with givers of UX wisdom. I'm Jesse Anton. And I'm Peter Horvat. The topic for this episode is integrating UX into your organization. Today, we are excited to welcome our seeker, Daniel Bos, previously head of UX and now product owner of user experience services at the Swiss Federal Railways. With experience in the industry and with a PhD to his name, Daniel is a poster child for continuous learning and a testament that even senior leaders can be seekers of UX wisdom. We also welcome our giver of advice, John Fukuda. John is co-founder of Limina, a UX consultancy in the United States specializing in business systems and domain-specific applications. In June of last year, John and his team at Limina published the 2020 Design Integration Report with a focus on how organizations interpret design and the challenges they face in operationalizing and optimizing their design processes for business success. We hope the next 24 minutes help you reflect on the integration of design practices in your organization. Be sure to share your thoughts with us on 24minutesofux.com. And if you like these community-based insights, please don't forget to rate this podcast and share it with your colleagues. So, without further ado, here are Danielle and John. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Nice to meet you too, John. I look forward to our conversation. One of the big questions we always have is, uh, where do you position a user experiences department or designers? I saw different approaches. I saw them sometimes in marketing departments. I saw them also in IT departments, or I see them in finance or in market research. Now, my group is currently at the IT department, but we have other people doing more custom experiences at a central department or within business lines. So my question would be, where do you think design should be positioned? Yeah. In our study, we found that there's a, a lot of variety here, right? So there's dedicated design groups. About a third of our respondents had just a dedicated design department. Another third were disparately placed, some in marketing, some in product management, some in IT. And then another third of our respondents had both a centralized design department, but then they had partnerships that they established in the other departments to make sure that they're working together with either the business or technical arm of their operation to support you know, one, understand the needs, and two, deliver with excellence. I don't think that for any one organization, the industry, that there's one way to say designers need to be in this group. But what does tend to be emerging you know, as a pattern, what we see emerging is design teams sitting within the product development functions. One of the premises of our best practices as we sort of looked over the, the respondents and also spoke with some leading design companies was that the shift needs to happen that design shouldn't be looked at as a role or as a deliverable within an organization, but more a practice that the entire organization sort of shifts their way towards the way that they look at the market and the customer's needs in the market to how does that shift priorities, strategic planning and design planning to what they build and execute on. So that type of activity, if it's done cross-functionally with you know, appropriate representation from business and market research to designers and engineers, you work through that collectively as an organization. 
So what that actually looks like and how you operationalize, I think Kristen Skinner, who wrote Org Design for Design Orgs, talked about it as more of a service design model. So if you have a small design group that understands the needs of you know, not just the market and the customers in the market, but also your business and the business needs from design and how design can deliver business value, then you will arrive at the place where whether it's in product or IT or, or within a business function. Thank you. That's just a question. I often hear that one, yeah, design is an activity, it should be integrated everywhere. But on the other hand, we have designers with their roles. And how do they cope with that one? Because the one is, hey, it just has to be an activity somewhere. And the other one is, I'm a designer here in the company. How does that play out? Yeah. And part of that is establishing common language, right? So how do, do we understand what we mean when we say design? And design is often has this misinterpretation. So there is big D design, which takes into account all the things from research through design, implementation, testing. But then there is the actual act of, you know, I specialize in UI design or uh, graphic design, right? Those are necessary skill sets within the spectrum of what design needs. And and when, when it comes down to it, that group should have a central line of practice within their own right, where they can centralize the design systems and, and all the artifacts that they use to deliver with success. But they shouldn't be at the same time operating in a vacuum that's not cognizant of the market needs, the customer needs, the business needs from the design. Yes, I agree. You mentioned the topic of design systems or um, design approaches. And there is just a practical question which I have. If I look at our company, we have a design system somehow, a first step, but we are also discussing to move it forward. And a big question which we have, suddenly you have different departments using different technology stacks and it gets really nifty and difficult to push that forward what would be your recommendation or what, how did you bring them together because that's something we currently struggle a little bit yeah i mean that's a tough one technology is the whole thing is a mess right i mean even the tools we use as designers and developers there's so much going on there so definitely picking the technologies that are more ubiquitous but i think a motion a movement that's happening in design towards tokenization and atomization of the elements of the things that are brand language, like colors and um, shapes, padding, and you know the use of space and layouts and things you can build some templatization around and then tokenize things like color and the button shapes and things so that as you, like CSS is CSS no matter what stack you're in, right? So some of that stuff is portable. But yeah, as a designer, if you're working in a SharePoint environment, you'll need to be working with Microsoft UI kits or Salesforce, you know, and you'll need to work with Lightning. So it's knowing how to rationalize all those those elements into a, a uniform pattern. I mean, it's a mess, to be honest. No, I agree it's a mess. That's why I'm interested in it, because we have like we have SharePoints, we have SAP, we have other stuff like ServiceNow and all those kind of issues. And then we have our own stuff, which we develop on our own. And there, my question would also be, how can you align that? Because we have different stacks and we try to have a common language. And then we have, of course, branding, which is often not so much into such topics. And so, so we have ma many discussions going on between branding uh, those that develop the apps, then also big vendors. What do you, did you see there and how can you bring them on a common denominator so they work together? It's just a struggle I see sometimes. No, I, I, yeah, I totally see it. And even with our customers as well. So what we did with one of our customers that had disparate technologies and a need to push towards one common design language, we, we used Airtable 
to pick off what are all the elements. So we actually built inventories of the components and their the UI elements in all their different systems. And for each UI framework, we had a different database where we we rationalized those components down to their atomic level and their component level to align them. And then we made decisions on this is the pattern for this framework or this pattern works for both frameworks. That's that's the best way to sort of build traceability in the decision. And if you're doing a, a brand change, it happens to impact at the atomic level. And then you look at well, what's the permutation in this stack or what's the permutation in that stack? It does put an extra emphasis on having the traceability, a trace matrix for looking at how does design express itself in various systems. Thank you. That sounds really like our situation. Yeah, I wanted to go later to the second question, but I have just one question on that issue, which is also something we struggle with sometimes. Of course, you can have this atomic design and these other issues, but it's also a finance issue. It's quite expensive. And where do you see like is an optimal line between a lot of costs to have a traceable design system versus having a programmatic one that actually works and you can afford as a company? Yeah, I mean, optimally, right, we're not context switching into different frameworks and we have a unified system. But in the absence of that, you have to look at the trade-offs at the cost expenditure versus what does it take to course correct when you don't have such a thing in place? I mean, that's really what it is. If you look at what are the efficiencies gained and what are the expenses there, essentially what did it take to get there and what was the output? If you are not realizing a return that you've seen sort of, we put in X amount of effort and it's given us X amount of hours back in our lives or more time to produce, then you need to shift gears. But that's the goal, right? Is to look at what are all the potential places where things can generate challenges or additional issues versus what are systems we can put in place to build more resilience around the systems we already have in place. Yeah, that's helpful. My question would be more a specific example, like how to get there. And I told like what I we learned was step-by-step approach with small elements, building up also community of users and going on from there versus big upfront design system because we can't afford it in such a big manner because we're not a design company per se. We're a transportation company. Right. I mean, I definitely think building it up slowly, starting you know atomically at smaller elements and building up components is the better way to go. It's also easier from a governance perspective to work through you know what are the issues that occur with change requests or new patterns being introduced. You can execute those sort of processes a little easier when you're smaller. If you go whole hog and try to throw your entire component inventory into a design system, it's going to be kind of hairy. And then the other thing is, I think you're you're right. Like you said, you went through one stack and now you're going to go through another. That's likely a good model. But I think while you're building up from the ground up, you should be looking broader across all the potential areas where there's going to be gaps, right? So this, this stack has such a disparate approach to this UI pattern. What can we do to rationalize those things before we start building governance rules and design system about that in advance of putting it in? That's great. Thank you. So so now I will propose I switch to the second question. And the second question is much more about the integration and process element. So there's a huge shift within the company to do everything process-oriented. And that poses for me the question, how can we use it uh, to integrate design into the processes? The design could be integrated into processes, regulations, collaboration frameworks, teams, departments, or other places. But once you have those changes, where would you start integrating design into the processes? 
Yeah, it's much like an earlier response I gave you about having a, a service design, a service delivery model within your larger organization. But I think that the difference is looking for key partnerships. So as you're integrating in the organization, starting by looking at where could design as a process or design as an activity uh, lead to positive impact within the organization and prioritizing those those opportunities to establish a process that works. And, and I wouldn't say that there's one key sort of approach to integrating design in, into various business processes, but the, the key elements of it are one, understanding the business value of design. So what, what are the possible things that design can impact within the organization? Whether that's how do we look at the user experience, the customer's experience in the market, but also what is the employee experience? How are we as people delivering these products and services to the market being treated in the process? And how can we optimize all of those experience to better align with the business mission, the customer's needs? A lot of that does take sort of some design thinking, the hypothesis, the patterning, the modeling, the testing um, to come to positive outcomes. And while you know design in its own right of graphic design and, and UI design may only be playing a specific you know execution niche within that, all the things that happen around the context of design to understand the problems, to prioritize and plan the right design patterns and, and service sort of models, those are all considered sort of the big D framework for better integrating designers into the organization. And then once you have those things in place, your designers who are executing in a very specific way, whether it's workflow modeling or UI modeling or graphic design, they're better prepared to deliver because they have all the right inputs. They have all the right conversations have been had in advance of their execution. So that would be my response. Thank you. Like one question which I really found interesting, should the organization follow the ideal design process by design thinking or triple track design or else, or should design try to follow the ideal process of the organization, which is sometimes more, often more time to market or uh, some kind of HR frameworks, putting more the team into the center. And that's a little bit what interests me. So, so you have like a view by designers how an ideal design process is running versus the view of more traditional approaches to the process design or more agile approaches to design the process of development. And so my question would be, what do you do with that? How can you align them? Do you say design process is the first one, the rest has to follow? Or do you say the agile framework like SAFE is the first one we try to integrate ourselves? How do you balance? Because they're actually not matching. It's true. The SAFE model or the LESS model, there are valid criticisms that come to those frameworks from the design community. But the objective really is demonstrating the value of design early and as frequently as possible. From my standpoint, that's what I look for. So if it takes, you know, small things you can execute on to establish, you know, what what do you try what is the objective of this specific initiative or this project or this enhancement or whatever we're doing? And what is the what's the quickest way we could demonstrate the value of design in this initiative? That's how you would orchestrate a sprint or a scrum or whatever. But I, I'm, I'm actually not a fan of dogma. Process works as well as your organization can implement it and execute within that framework. But if it's something that's it's more ritualistic and it's holding back the potential of a, a real win, I, I break cadence when I feel like it's necessary. I think process serves a good business function in a certain way, but I think often in design, it can work against 
true innovation if, you, if you've not given space to really consider you know, what are the things we, we need to do to be excellent in understanding the problems and then coming up with the right patterns. And the smaller you go with like pick off a, one KPI you're trying to impact with the design and then execute that and then test it and model it out. That's how you establish that pattern of what's successful for us as an organization. So, and it's, it's not going to be the same for your team. It won't be the same for my team. Those things sort of operate in their own loops. Like Netflix, for example, their model is to do extremely micro experiments on maybe the image that they're showing you for the video they want you to watch. They'll A-B test that even within your, your own IP. So like your family members might see different ones, you know, depending on the account that they're using. So that's just an example of how small you can run those experiments. But the, the important thing is that you're you're looking for the way that you're going to optimize and then drive the, the right design patterns that are most successful. I hope that answered in some way. Yeah, it answered it. I have two questions on that one. The one would be like, say, you can't choose safe or not. Your company chooses it for you sometimes. And now, what would you be your advice to, I say, a professional designer who started into the company, how to cope with it? What would be his recommendation? There's one way you can quit. There's the <laughs> other one you can try to adopt. But what would you be your recommendation? I'm an optimist, right? Every Everything that's a challenge in that's presented to you as a designer, especially, is an opportunity to innovate and improve. If you're in an environment that is pushing down safe and safe is negatively impacting your flow from the moment you're trying to understand what are the issues in the market and the customer's needs and how are we aligning those with business patterns and things like that, looking for the opportunities to eliminate those challenges and pick them off one at a time. I don't think safe was meant to be something that was pushed down you know, uniformly and sort of pressure the way that good and excellent work should be done. It's more just the framework that allows people to sort of have ritual and, and cadence around the things that they're doing. But there should be flexibility within there to influence what's the right set of artifacts we might need or systems we might need. What are the right skills or people that need to be in, in this conversation to get us through this gate? I think if you're looking at it from a continuous improvement perspective, even if you're, you're using something like SAFE, there's ways to build micro patterns within there that, that are going to be effective for your team. And as a designer, I think you would look for those opportunities and, and partner to establish them. Great. Yeah. No, I'm not so pessimistic. I just wanted to ask what would be your recommendations to push that forward because that's how you can push change forward. But then I have the second question on the top because you mentioned you have to prove the value of design all the time. And what I'm wondering all the time, it's not the young discipline anymore, actually. And we're still here where we have to prove our value every time. What could we do that those discussions about you have to prove your value first are a little bit less often told to us because it's taken for granted? Yeah, the business value of design is people are wrapped up around like, so is it what's delivered into the marketplace and how quality of the impact that it has on the consumer's life or their likelihood to spend more money? Or is it how you executed the design from the start of the initiative through launching the, the new service or product? How efficient was that? What was the quality of our collaboration and our coworker and employee life impacted from that? So like value as a measurement when it comes to executing design, delivering design has a lot to do with intrinsic change in quality of either at the cons consumer end of things, their experience, or 
within your own business operations, your collaborator and your, your employee experience in the delivery of that. Were we able to save time and costs through executing excellently? And that's like an internal business KPI or the external business KPIs of, you know, were we able to onboard more customers more quickly and things along those lines? Or were the customers satisfied so that they continue to give us return business? Those types of things start to be a true expression of the business value of design. Like as you're delivering these things and you're seeing those impacts take place, then then you can actually have a, a like a a benchmark to measure a success against. Yeah, let me just frame it a little bit more simple. The question is, if I, for example, I sometimes have a resource questions about how many people invest into which project. If you have de- debates about how many people you need for a certain product development, it's easy to say you need such amount of software developer people, such amount of those one, and you start talking about, yeah, and if you take a designer, he has to prove the value of, of his contribution. And I wanted just to ask, what can we do as a group that we actually don't have those discussions? Or even the other discussion, we say we don't need so many other people, we need more designers in there. That's actually clear. There is no debate about it. Sure. Well, if you think about the cost uh, associated with the absence Let's just have a group of five engineers and a, and a business analyst build some tools. What are the assurances that that analyst and those developers are going out to the market first to understand if those tools are even necessary in the first place? One or two, if they're the patterns that they're establishing to build those tools are in in alignment with the mental models of the, the consumers in the first place. So those are the, some of the things that like if you're talking about a true designer, they're not just there to make things look good. They're there to make sure that, that they're, one, building the right thing, and two, building it right in terms of understanding the needs in such a way that they're not going to architect the thing in a, in a broken way. And then that when they put a set of design patterns in place to help build that thing, that it has the right context, that it fits the larger ecosystem, and then also, two, potentially has the opportunity to scale so that there's a certain extensibility to the design framework, that it's not so rigid that you can't flex to, let's say, go mobile or to go into a kiosk of some kind. Those are considerations that if you don't include a designer, it's almost like what I've heard referred to as the tragedy of the commons. Or if you look at the Pacific gyre of garbage, the garbage patch that's swirling in the ocean, it's like, it's nobody's problem. So if nobody's looking at it, nobody can see it, then it's turning into a gigantic problem. (laughs) And that's the role that I see. And so the opportunity is not, you know, it's not that companies don't have designers and designers aren't looking out for those things. It's how can we integrate them better so that it's not always just the designer's responsibility, that the whole team collectively is looking out for these things. And it's no longer a tragedy of the commons. It's actually everybody's core concern and that we share a destiny in terms of how are we succeeding in delivering that value, not just for our teams and how we execute, but to the customer in the marketplace. How are we innovating and driving an entire industry? That's the role that an organization that's well integrated with design can push the envelope. Thanks, John. I learned a lot and I look forward to exploring your ideas and suggestions. It's been a pleasure, Daniel. Keep me posted on your progress. And don't hesitate to reach out again if you want to discuss anything. Good luck. Thanks to Daniel and John for joining us on the pod today. So many organizations are faced with design integration challenges these days, and I think you'd agree with me, Peter, that Daniel's questions highlight issues that most other design leaders are dealing with in the enterprise. Likewise, it's been great hearing from John about how companies are striving to overcome the challenges created by different technology stacks, product frameworks like SAFE, 
big D versus little d design, and other organizational hurdles. If you want to explore these issues further, be sure to check out Limina's 2020 Design Integration Report. Simply head over to limina.co, that's L-I-M-I-N-A dot C-O, to get your copy. Thanks, Jesse. And as always, thank you to our audience for listening. If you're interested in being a seeker or a giver on this show, or if you just want to provide feedback, be sure to connect with us on 24minutesofux.com. This podcast is a community-driven initiative, so we are counting on your active participation. Cheers, everyone. And until next time, keep, keep calm, calm and, and UX, UX on. on.